Hey everybody, welcome back to the CNC replay. I'm Noel. I'm Corey. Um, and sh should we just explain what's going on right oh, now? Oh yes. If with <laughs> if this cuts out in the middle and gets weird, Ben, first I apologize for the editing that you're going to have to do. Uh, second, somebody's network is really screwy. I think it's mine. Uh, and I have lost Corey's audio like seven different times in the last 20 minutes. So, Correct. Um, and, and now uh, I can see myself on my screen and all I can see for Noel's is, a, is literally a white square. Um, I can hear her fine. Um, so we're, we're going like true like podcast, I guess. Yep. The way podcasts were intended to be with just audio, but I, we, we don't know what's going on. Um, so bear with us for our seven listeners that are out there. Um, we're trying our best. Okay. We love and you. That's, and that's and, all that uh, we that's appreciate all we your do. support in this difficult time. <laughs> that is all we can do. Um, I, so no, I have to talk about this because I've literally listened to it. Go for I it. I think, I think three times through, uh, Donda dropped on Sunday, which oh gosh, which like how dare Kanye drop his album at eight a.m. on a Sunday when he knows that's like the one day I have to work like super hard. <laughs> like how dare he knows, he? he knows this? Your close personal friends? Well, he should know that uh, since you know he's now a Christian and he's you know all about the gospel tracks. Um, why on earth are you dropping it at 8 a.m. on a on the Lord's Day, Kanye? Haven't you heard of the Sabbath? Maybe he thinks Good. the Sabbath is Saturday. You don't know what he's doing in California. Could yeah, yeah that's fair point. That's fair point. Because is it is he in California? I don't know. I know that's Maybe. where the Kardashians were at one point, and he was married to them for a hot second and for a long time. I know. I don't know if they're still married. They're separated. There's drama there uh, that I don't pay attention to. You know, I don't. I don't really know either. I I don't really keep up with that side of pop culture you don't keep up much. with the kardashians no absolutely not. come on that was right there how did you not do that absolutely not no because i can't i really can't stand i can't stand them but uh flip side i i really enjoyed the album did you did you listen to it i all? haven't had a chance to no okay, i am um, i just have it you definitely I mean, it's so, so in typical Kanye fashion, it's an hour and 47 minutes long. The whole thing? Uh, the whole thing. Gracious. It's, it's, there's 24 or 27 tracks and four that tracks. An, that is an insane oh, yeah. number of tracks for one album. Four tracks are duplicates, but with more features on them. Um, okay. So, so there's, so there's a song uh, called Jesus Lord. There's a part one and a part two. The part one is eight minutes long. The part two is 11 minutes long. And there's really no difference besides there's another there's another verse from a different artist on the second one. So it's all the same. And then Jail is I, outside of like the chant at the beginning. It's just somebody chanting Donda over and over his mom's name. It, it, it's super strange. Uh, but Jail is very good. Both parts... Uh, I like that. Uh, Hurricane features The Weeknd, which probably will be the most successful track on the album, in my opinion. And mm -hmm. I really did enjoy Pure Souls, uh, Believe What I Say. And then, actually, I scratched that Moon is going to be off the charts. It, it, I mean, I heard snippets of it once like his listening parties were going through. And then I finally heard the final like cut. It's... It, there's no other word to describe it other than it's a beautiful song. Mm. Like, absolutely beautiful. It's incredible. Kid Cudi's featured on it. And The Man on the Moon, of course, he has to be featured on a song called Moon. Sure. Since him and Kanye are friends. But that, listen to that one. Okay. Absolutely I mean, I'll listen, listen to, to the whole album. Like, I, I should. enjoyed a lot of Kanye's previous stuff. I wasn't a huge fan of his first album post-Christianity. Um, Jesus is King was not good. Like, yeah. objectively was not a good album. But this one, I think, is very, very good. Yeah. I don't know if I've ever told you this. Because uh, Cor Corey, for those of you listening and don't know Corey, Corey is very into music, very much uh, loves listening to it, analyzing it, has a lot of opinions, as I'm sure you've gathered from this last five minutes. Um, 
But when we were in college, we were driving to church, and we, I can't remember what we were, what album we were talking about. But you went on this tangent about how albums are all stories, and I had never looked at them that way, just because I didn't grow up with a musical family. I didn't never was in that realm, so I didn't. You think I grew up with a musical family? I know family? you didn't. No way. But you were also like you were on a worship team, like you were around more musical people than I was. I just had Andrea basically for music. Sure. Um, and I had never looked at it that way. And ever since you've said that, I've listened to the album from top to bottom at least twice before I hit shuffle. Yeah. No, I mean, it, so some albums are connected. Some albums are not. It, it's just, it, it kind of comes and goes with the artist preference. Mm -hmm. And I, I would think that when an album drops, I'm going to be the guy that's going to listen to all the albums. But something, so like, there's not, I like, I like, metalcore like sort of like shifting to like the the sub genres of rock heavier side whatever mm -hmm. some of those albums do have stories others are just a jambled mess that aren't connected <laughs> um but the the bands and the albums that i do gravitate towards are albums that kind of tell a story and reliant caves forget and not slow down from 2009 and i didn't even listen to it until i was in college absolutely tells the story i think it's one of the most beautiful stories in an album ever told um and one of my favorite artists i the mighty i've seen them a couple times but there's a fall from grace just we don't have to talk about the fall from grace but like some just some weird stuff with the uh and wrongful weird stuff with the singer he he did something wrong and but we won't get into that um for three albums and there's a song from each that tells a story so it's like and it was re it was released in reversed order so part three was released first part two was released second and part one was released last and it's, it's talking about this like old-timey like frame this couple was like a bonnie and clyde type of thing mm -hmm. this couple was framed for murder um and the story goes in reverse um and it's really cool i think maybe maybe i'll i'll send you the the three songs it, i i think it was incredible and it just like Wow, it was really good. But that's beside the point. Um, <laughs> albums that do tell the story are great. And I think Kanye's new album kind of tells the story. I heard I heard a, something on it that some guy was talking about that it tells a story. So, mm -hmm. Yep. But yeah. I mean, I love a story. That's my whole, that's my whole shtick is stories. Yeah. So. Absolutely. Yep. Anyway, um, sports. We, we are not a music podcast. We are a Detroit area sports <laughs> podcast. And we have some things to talk about. Um, I have to pull up the tweet. I don't know why I didn't do that before because we had our technical difficulties, but it's in my it's in my favorites. Um, so we'll start with the Tigers again because they're the only team that's really in season. Um, and AJ Hinch and you guys have heard me talk about AJ Hinch this whole season. I think he's done. An absolutely fantastic job. And somebody was talking about like how he should get manager of the year uh, consideration. I think he personally should, but the Tigers are nowhere near the postseason. Um, so that, unfortunately, is not going to happen. Um, but they asked him about free agent signings and you know what the Tigers are going to do. And this directly from the mouth of our manager he this is what aj hinch said we're going to reestablish ourselves as a winning franchise and develop a winning culture if you want to be a part of it then you'll come if you don't then we'll beat you <laughs> uh, it, this this i i know it's just words i know it's just words but it means something so different because this is a team that has no talent maybe not no talent but they have they are lacking significantly in the talent department they are no They're, talent adjacent correct uh, they have a very they have a good core of young pitchers they have a couple of bats and and defensive players that are worth keeping around but as far as the talent top to bottom on this roster it, it sucks, frankly, when you compare it to the rest of this division or, or even to the rest of the major leagues. Um, and the fact that they're still a tough and gritty team to deal with. 
adds some emphasis to this quote. We're going to reestablish ourselves as a winning franchise and develop a winning culture. They're developing that winning culture with players who, if they were not on the Tigers, probably would not be playing or at least getting the playing time that they're getting right now. If you want to be a part of it, then you'll come. If you don't, then we'll beat you. I firmly believe this is something that these players in this clubhouse um, uh, will be or gravitate towards because they've seen it on the field. I mean, they've beaten playoff teams at home. They've beaten playoff teams on the road. That's, Toronto has one of the best offenses in the American League, and they're they're striving for a playoff spot. And they go in there and they beat probably the. AL Cy Young frontrunner and Robbie Ray in a in a in a three game series in Toronto. This is a team that has something to play for. The Blue Jays are a team that has something to play for, and they need to win these games against a team that is worse than them. And they couldn't do it. Now, is that due to the the level of talent on the Blue Jays uh, as compared to the level of talent on the Tigers? You could make that argument. But I would like to side with the Tigers are not an easy out. So if they're doing this with little talent, can you imagine what they would do if they added an all-star bat to this lineup or another solid pitcher to this to this lineup? And guys like Robbie Grossman is here for another year. I've been very impressed with him, um, and he's a guy who can get on base. Cabrera is is what he is right now. He's a great story but the production isn't there, but still is a serviceable bat. And then now you can begin to throw other guys into this lineup. So everyone's talking about Carlos Correa coming to Detroit, signing him to a big deal. Um, and for, uh, we need to sign a shortstop, frankly, because we don't have a very good defensive shortstop, nor a very... Sorry for the technical difficulties. Um, we're figuring it out. Being uh, Recording a podcast in multiple states... Uh, can be difficult when you're so, not professionals specifically definitely not professionals however what i was saying tigers need a shortstop they need another all-star bat they need to just add some talent to this offensive lineup because as much as i love guys like victor reyes harold castro um and Derek hill if we're churning those guys out every day of the week it's probably not going to result in a whole lot of offense for us as much as I love those guys. And we saw that this weekend, um, excuse me, where we could only take uh, one game away from the weekend set. Uh, so just having another impact bat in this lineup or two maybe could really push this team to the next level, especially with uh, the belief that we're going to get the most out of any of these guys that come through because the Tigers' bullpen on paper might be the worst we've seen in quite some time. But as far as on-field performance, this bullpen is the best we've seen in quite some time. Um, it's it, They have this next man up sort of mentality. And if I, I think adding an impact bat like a Correa or or somebody else to fill in the holes. There's there's a huge shortstop market this year, so that's why people are focusing on like a guy like Correa. But like I don't want a guy like Javier Baez. I mean, he is flashy, he's an exciting player, but still he's not very uh, consistent. Um, and uh, a guy like Trevor Story is also a big name, but I I don't think the Tigers are, will sign him as well. Correa is your guy because you have obviously the Hinch Correa connection from Houston. Um, and then maybe you get Verlander to come back, who's not going to pitch the remainder of this year, get him on some sort of team-friendly deal. But getting a bat like that raises the floor. And if you can raise the floor of a team that's already exceeding expectations with the talent they have, the only direction is to go up. So I've said it in the past, this team is different from other teams as far as that. They're hungry. They want to compete every single day and they may not win every single day but you're going to feel pretty good about the way that they battle and that's the base if you have a team that battles and you add more talent to that team it's only going to result in wins yeah so and i think i think that shows even like not even on on field performance and like post interviews and stuff but 
you know the graphic of aid that aj's quote that one sound bite um that went out and like I, I saw a ton of of players either retweet it or quote tweet it or like they're in uh-huh. and i think it's the first time in a while that that has been the case where they understand where they're at but they're excited for where the team is going as a collective whole yeah a hundred percent and that's that's part of the battle too like you have to get a team to buy into what you're talking about and it really seems like Hinch has that clubhouse um and I I always thought Garden Hire could be a guy that would get the most out of his out of his teams um but the rosters were even worse than what they were than what Hinch has to deal with and I and I honestly as we saw with Garden Hire retiring uh towards the end of last season um you just you could kind of see like you know he he just didn't have it anymore or at least like you know his heart was in a different place and absolutely it should be he's he was in his late 60s he wants to um you know be with his family and also we were living through a pandemic that affects older people a little bit a little bit more significantly than world-class athletes um so lat or a bit of concern there probably for his health as well uh, it just wasn't a good mix but again it's clear there's something different even even in the on and off field performance of this team uh, that Hinch is Hinch and his staff are responsible for. Um, so I'm super excited for what the future holds in that department. Um, I did want to talk about Matthew Boyd. I'm surprised actually he's pitching right now, um, given where the Tigers are at in the season. But I, I think that makes a lot of sense. He just wants to. I mean, before he got hurt, he was pitching pretty. His ERA is under four, and I, I think if if Matt Boyd has his ERA and the low fours, that's an absolute win. The fact that it's under four right now, I think he's sitting at three and a half. Tremendous for the future. And if Matthew Boyd can slide into that three to fourth starter role with that type of production, even better for your chances of pushing for a playoff spot next year. Um, so I know his one start, he only went four innings, but he gave up two runs. Um, against uh you know a pretty highly touted team in the blue jays uh so uh encouraging to see him come back from injury and pitch somewhat well and get back into the rhythm um so i i'd like to see what he does in his next start and then hopefully for the next year because we do have him for one more year um and honestly the way things shape out um matthew boyd could very realistically be your fourth or fifth starter next year um so and Matthew Boyd as your fifth starter I would argue that that if Matthew Boyd is your fifth starter I would argue that he's your he's the best fifth starter in all of Major League Baseball and that's not I want to make myself clear that's not uh (laughs) saying oh Matthew Boyd is this great like pitcher he's he's not a great pitcher he's a good pitcher he's a pretty serviceable pitcher but if he's your fifth starter that's a pretty good rotation, in my opinion. Yep, so, I would agree. With my uh, tiny little knowledge of what it takes to be a pitcher. Crafty lefty right at the end of the bullpen after you go through all these young arms that can chuck it. Especially, you get you get a hard-throwing lefty in Scooball um, with a soft-throwing lefty in Boyd who locates the ball pretty well. Just saying, that's pretty good. Sounds pretty good to me. Sign me up. Excited. I I cannot contain myself for the 2022 Detroit Tigers, especially once we sign some people <laughs> that are worth signing. Good grief. Yes. Yes, indeed. Did you want to talk about the management changes at all? You know, I did see that today. Um, honestly, I'm going to be completely transparent. I, I did not know of much of those names i'm gonna look at it again and read the post uh, yeah i mean obviously i don't know much either i'm not proficient in that area but from what i was reading like with it quote tweeted and people are saying is that it looks like aj hinge had a direct connection or influence on these changes and on the in and on what these change like the shift 
these changes sure. will bring about. Um, yeah. So I think that that's, especially given like what we're saying about culture, I think that that's probably the best step, good step forward. Um, especially with, there's a lot of people saying that be, now that Dave Littlefield, who um, was previously the Tigers head of player development has been replaced mm-hmm. by Kenny Graham. Um, that specifically, I think, is what a lot of people are excited about. Um, yeah. And again, I don't know any of either of these people's resumes, so I couldn't I couldn't talk to what they've done specifically. Um, yeah. But I guess maybe if you have any opinions on what player development has been in the last, you know, let's say two years, let's say he's been on the roster or, you know, in that position for at least two years, like, have you noticed anything or is anything like disappointed you in that area? As far as the past two years, yeah. um, I would say, I would say it's tremendously gotten better over the past two years because the Tigers could never develop a prospect. That was due to Dombrowski trading away a lot of our top prospects, which at the time worked um, for what the Tigers were trying to do. Um, but our, our number one hitting prospect or just notable hitting prospects that we had um, were Nick Castellanos and Kristen Stewart. Uh, so Nick Castellanos obviously turned into an all-star, unfortunately not for us, but he just had a really hard... T- he Castellanos, for as great of a hitter as he was, could never develop into a, a, a solid like fielder. So it was always like wherever he was put, it was kind of going to be a detrimental offense or defensively um, in the grand scheme of things. And Kristen Stewart outside of after Castellanos and everybody um, was supposed to be the guy who was going to come back and, and be uh, like the, this, like the guy impact bat, like the guy, this impact bat, and he sucked, mm-hmm. frankly. I mean, he, he was just a, he was just a disappointment. Um, so I mean, I don't know. I, I I feel like some guys have surprised. See, the problem is with the Tigers that certain aspects of their player development have been pretty good, and like so, getting. Uh, I mean, JD Martinez was before. Um, uh, what was it? What, uh, Littlefield, um, but that was a guy who was given up by a different franchise, and he comes and he becomes a perennial All Star and one of the best power hitters uh, in the league. Um, Look at Victor Reyes. He was a Rule 5 pick. Um, and, you know, on a bad team was someone who could play a lot. And he dramatically improved from when he was a Rule 5 pick. And he couldn't even pick up a baseball bat to somebody who was crafty with his speed and could get on base. Um, and then look at Akil Badu. Um, very young, raw prospect. Take a chance on him. And then he ends up being in consideration for Rookie of the Year this year. Um, so in that regard, I think there was things that the player development team did well, but as far as drafting and having these guys come through, like, I saw a guy like Bo Burrows. Okay. He was a top pick. We cut him. He's now in the minor, he's in the minor league, uh, teams for, uh, Minnesota. Um, Alex Fiedo was a first round draft pick a couple of years ago out of Florida. He hasn't been above double A due to some injury issues, but so, I, I mean, I don't know. Uh, I, I think there's improvement there. And I think with scouting at least, I, I, I don't know. It's, this is, I, this is something I'd have to research a bit more uh, with my opinion, but I do know from a um, surface level opinion, there's things that our player development team does really well, specifically with rule five picks, um, and then things that they don't do so well with developing those bats that aren't like taken in the top five of the draft. Um, so a guy like Torkelson and Green were essentially the closest things you could get to a slam dunk prospect, and it showed. And there are top prospects in our system right now, but they were also taken within the first three picks of their respective drafts. So it's pretty hard to miss on guys like that. Um, so I guess my opinion is TBA. Okay. Sounds good. Um, so I, that's a really roundabout answer, but um, yeah. I mean, 
I don't I, I don't want to come up here and just spew out of my rear end. Like th that's the stuff that I've observed and I've seen. Um, and for me to get a better opinion on that, I'd sure. have to um, And it, so it looks like I'm just looking at more tweets because uh, that's how I get my sports news because, you know, responsible. Um, it looks like the guy that took over from Littlefield, Kenny Graham, or nope, sorry, uh, words, words, words. Yeah, Kenny Graham. Okay, I read that right. Uh, he is going to be over taking over as an as a interim position, so he's not the full time guy there. Sure. Um, so they relieved they relieved little correct of his duty. correct. So 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 that's probably. I mean, I I guess yeah, that's of later later round yeah. prospects. Littlefield um, is still looks like he's still within the front office of the Tigers, but he was relieved of player development mm -hmm. duties. He looks like he's going to be an overseas uh, scout of some sort. Which which is yeah. Could be good. I mean, I guess it just depends if it fits both of their strengths better and then we find a full-time guy for that position. Um and and maybe Littlefield is that guy that saw Badu and Arreyes and was like, "Hey, like I think there mm -hmm. could be something there." Um, and turns out there was, and maybe he was also looked upon like, Hey, I need you to develop Christians. Not, not that this is like, they're directly involved with developing these people, but if he's a scout, then his job is to see talent, not necessarily develop yep. it. You know what I mean? Um, so maybe that's his strength, like you said. Um, but maybe that's why, because essentially it sounds like he was relieved of his duties in that regard but like also like hey you do this really well you just don't do this very well we're gonna find so a new spot for you put you yeah. where your strength is at so yeah. that's that yeah that's that i like that um we're getting ready for football season it's coming up quick um, thankfully it's coming up quick obviously you know my opinions on our beloved detroit lions and i'm still in the boat if anybody thinks this team is going to get above four wins right now, I, I just reevaluate yourself, please. That just don't do the, don't do this to yourself again. Give yourself a free pass this year. Have your expectations so low, so if they're exceeded, then you can have a little bit of enjoyment. But just don't, don't, <laughs> don't do it. Don't. Don't do it. I saw Goff tweeted out. It's like, we're one of the teams that didn't make the playoffs last year. Why can't it be us? Why not us? Okay. See, here's the difference, Jared. I love you. I love your enthusiasm. I hope you do. I, I genuinely hope they do well. Like, I'm not sitting here and I'm like, this team sucks. I hate them. I genuinely hope that they prove me wrong. I, I do. But Goff is saying, why not us? Kind of the same thing like with what Hinch is saying. Why not us? We're going to beat you if you don't want to join us. So... Get with the program. Goff, you can't say that because you don't have anything to back it up. Yeah. it's with. The difference is that the, the Tigers are not the Lions in the fact right. and that they're, they, don't, they don't have the 80, going. however many years of, of failure. Uh, we'll call it a spade a spade. Failure yeah. behind them. <laughs> right. And now... He, in that quote, Goff did say the clubhouse, not clubhouse, the, the locker room feels very good. Like, they really like what's going on. And I believe that. I feel like that they're, this is a team that's having fun. Sure. For as bad as they were, for as horrible as things were run, let them have fun. Let, that's great. I want them to do that. And that can, if you do it the right way, can propel you into, you know, wins and per performance on the field. But Goff, don't. Don't be don't be saying we're gonna go to the playoff. Don't do it. Just just don't inject just don't. the uh, the don't. Facebookies with any more hope, any more toxic hope. Don't. And I want to I want to tell you why you can't do that. There's two reasons why: Brashad Perriman and Jelani Tavai. Um, so Brashad Perriman was signed in this offseason to be the guy. If he's your guy, you have some <laughs> issues there. I, First and fo first and foremost, but that's not the point. He was cut from from tr not training camp from from the Lions roster a couple days ago, and this is a guy who's supposed to be your number one guy getting targets on this team, and he couldn't even make it out of the preseason with already a wide receiving core that is arguably the worst unit on your team, 
and you're supposed to be the best of them. And <laughs> they, they thought they thought coaching staff saw something and they said, "Nope, you're the worst. You're off. You're off the squad." <laughs> I'm just the. It's individual battles. It's the preseason. I understand. But this is a guy signing the offseason to be the leader of this receiving core, and he doesn't even make it out of the preseason. That's pretty That's pretty disappointing. Number two, Jelani Tavai was cut. This is I think this was his third year as a pro. So I think rookie deals, I think you can do a max of four years or something like that. I don't know the exact contract of what his deal was. Um, but I'm assuming he was somewhere at the four-year mark. This was year three. He was going into year three, and he was cut. And I saw a tweet from Schefter saying that the Lions tried to trade him, but nobody wanted to trade for him. This was a guy, a linebacker who was drafted in the second round and wasn't even on anybody's board, really. And the one thing was like, oh, the Patriots were looking at him. Jelani Tavai is slow. He cannot cut. He has no lateral movement whatsoever. Like, I was watching him. I don't know if it was a preseason game or not, but I remember going to a game at Ford Field, and a running back literally made a simple cut, and the guy, and Tavai looked like he was in Pop Warner. He's a professional. I understand. I am not a NFL linebacker, but to the average fan, I, I still have eyes, and I know when things are not good that is not good. And what's even worse is that this guy was cut into year three of his rookie deal. And he was a second-round pick. There were – DK Metcalf um, was drafted after him. Um, there was other notable uh, pro bowlers. And I believe all pro, all pro players that were drafted after Tavai was taken. And now Tavai is out of a job again on – the worst linebacking core in the NFL and may not be the worst uh, group on the Lions, but still is the worst in the NFL. So remember when I said a couple episodes ago that I couldn't name you our starting linebackers? Yep, I do remember that. Remember that? Tavai was the okay, one so player I could name. Now you're really nowhere. Now I'm really struggling. I'm gonna look. I'm. I, I gotta pull this up. I gotta pull up. Uh, I gotta pull up. Uh, the, so there's this. There's this database called uh, R Lads. It just gives you all the depth charts of the NHL or not NHL of the NFL rosters. Uh, pretty up to date and whatnot. So uh, here, here is the Lions' starting wide receivers right now. Um, Tyrell Williams, who is a, is a pretty good wide receiver, I'll give you that. But he's our number one, okay? Uh, Ray, uh, Khalif Raymond, who's, who was traded from Tennessee, I think, for like a six-round pick. He's your number two, okay? Quintez Cephas, who was like a seventh-round pick or sixth-round pick uh, from 2020. Um, I personally like him, but he ran the slowest wide receiver 40 good. in his combine. good. So, so he was the slowest rookie that year. A guy named Tom Kennedy. I don't even know who this. And Amon Ra or St. Brown is technically third or – no, he's, I guess, fifth or sixth on the depth chart, depending on how you want to look at it. Um, I've heard lots of good things about him. Honestly, he's probably going to be the best wide receiver on this roster. But there's your wide receiving court. Noah, how many can you name? How many I can of those names name none of, none of them, but that's not telling. Okay, so Zero. but regardless, none. I got none. Can't name any of them. Uh, all right, so right now we have so I th our defense is a little bit weird. We have two inside linebackers, so we run like a, a three-four um, defense, I think. Um, yeah, that's that's how we do it. Yeah, because then we have a couple. Our linebackers will go down in the four instead of uh, instead of standing up. Uh, in the slot, but uh, so our we have two outside linebacker positions. Trey Flowers, who is an edge rusher, not a pass rusher, mind you. Um, so kind of playing out of position. Um, Alex on Anzalone. Don't know who that is. Jamie Collins, also from New England, um, and was like cut like several times. He was on Cleveland and he got cut. Romeo Aquara, who's who signed a big deal. Um, 
uh, this past year, so I have some excitement there. Um, but then Derek Barnes is uh, is a rookie linebacker that should get some uh, some touches. Um, but I, again, I, I, Alex Anzalone is your starter. Trey Flowers is playing a linebacker who's an edge is an edge rusher. He's naturally a defensive end. I just I I just don't I just don't see it. I just don't. I don't see it. Jeff Okuda is still I, I still don't have a whole lot of confidence in him unless something changes. Um this defense is not good. <laughs> it's it's not good. It it, it just it just mm-hmm. isn't. It just isn't. I'm sorry, and I, until I get some a, a a different perspective or see some results, I can't get behind what Jared Goff is saying. And un, and unfortunately, I know he means well. He's trying to, you know, he's a he's a quarterback naturally. When you play quarterback, you're a leader of the team. He's trying to get the guys fired up, rally behind him. He's doing what he needs to be doing. But to the fan, and maybe even to some people in that locker room, you you hear a guy say that. And then you look at the talent on this roster. Can you can you really believe it? Yeah. I mean, it, it, it's I, I I don't know I don't know. So I said I was going to go on a rant. The the Tavai thing it, that's not I want to I want to make this clear. Um, Tavai is not a Campbell and company issue. That's a that's a. Uh, uh, a, a Quinn, a Bob Quinn, and Matt Patricia issue. They should have never taken this player in the second round when there was so much talent around. They were trying to be the Patriots. They're not the Patriots. It's very obvious that they're not the Patriots. Um, so they're still facing repercussions of that last regime, and they're probably going to face them for gross. maybe another year after that. So gross, gross, terrible. But is final? Is that is this um, final roster? Yeah. Are we still waiting on cuts and stuff? I think I think there's okay. one more preseason game. Um, I ha- let me check. I'll check the uh, which, by the way, uh, the ESPN app is probably <laughs> one of the worst apps ever. It's just, I mean, it's just so like clunky um, and hardly you ever know, works. That's what you need, <laughs> frankly. Um, so. Uh, let me get to let me get to the NFL. Maybe maybe there's a couple more. Games. We have um, no more preseason games. No, I we think they're done. done. Yeah, they're done. So so maybe that was final cuts, or maybe there's something else. So um, yeah, I, I just I I'm until we see some guys really step up, we can't believe mm-hmm. anything. Yeah, from anybody. No matter how excited uh, uh, Dan Campbell gets us all, you know, I do think Brad Holmes drafted pretty well. Um, I'm excited about this Jamar Jefferson guy. Um, he's he's a he's a third string running back, but odds are one of Jamal Williams and DeAndre Swift will get hurt, so he's going to get touches at some point this year. Um, so I'm excited to see what he can do. Um, so, but other than that, other than that, yikes indeed. Yikes. Alrighty. Um, there yeah. isn't, to my knowledge, any Pistons news that we need to talk about. They're in the off season. They're deep in the off season. Uh, yes. Nothing really more is developed. I don't think. Yeah, um, it's just like smaller NBA moves. Um, I, I, again, it's hard to get behind the NBA just because it's like the rosters are so small and like. Have you ever heard anything about, like, the tampering? No. Like, rules? So, like, players go to all-star games. There's pictures of, like, LeBron and Anthony Davis fist bumping um, Mm -hmm. at the all-star game um, before Anthony Davis was a member of the Lakers. So everyone was like, oh, what were they talking about? They were talking about how LeBron is going to get AD to LA. And lo and behold, in that offseason, there's a huge package to get Anthony Davis into LA. Um so it it's just wild. I think so Rajan Rondo great uh f- facilitator um point guard um in the league and was on the Lakers championship team from 2020 in the bubble. Um left 
think he went to two teams and then he got released by a team and he cleared through waivers and then he just signed a deal with the Lakers again for like $2 million or something like that. Um, Rajon Rondo is past his prime, but Rajon Rondo is better than the majority of players mm-hmm. in the NBA at his position. Um, so, I, I mean, it, it, it's like you see a guy like go through the waiver process and it's like, oh, I know where he's going to go. This is exactly where he's going to go. And then he goes there. And I feel like that happens a lot more in the NBA. Um, I don't know really, there's not really a whole lot of structure to that conversation. Um, and like talked about the tampering, but like, Guys like Kyle Lowry, who played for Toronto, um, throughout the season there was rumors that he was going to go to the Heat. And people were talking about how they'd see him when, whenever the Raptors played the Heat throughout the season. Lowry was talking to Butler and Bam Adebayo, and they're like, oh, they're talking about how he's going to sign here in the offseason. Lo and behold, he signs there in the offseason. And, like, it's really hard to, like, structure uh right player conversations but also i mean mid-season guys playing for another organization they're like hey you <laughs> sign sure instead in the middle of the season while he's playing for now i i just i maybe i don't know i don't course. know how to maybe maybe i'll maybe i'll research that that'll that's a crash course that i'll try to Sounds do good. at some point um anything else for them but yeah not really. I mean, the Pistons, we just have to wait and see what's going on. Um, we talked last last episode about, um, or at least I talked about Luka Garza. I think he did make the team. I think he's like the third or fourth string center. That's not going to last. Mm-hmm. He'll be, he'll be, he'll be bad. Anyways, on to um, hockey and Red Wings. There's not a lot of Red Wings. There's really only one big story for the Red Wings that we have to talk about. Um, and that is the fact that our one of our prospects, Keith Petruzzulli, who is a um, a goalie that we drafted in 2017 in the third round. He was 88th overall. Um, he's 22 years old. He a couple months ago, I became aware of some like rumors that he was unsatisfied with where he was in the organization, um, and. So that was like, everybody was like, oh, it's maybe he'll, you know, make the team or he'll get the starting position in, in Grand Rapids or whatever. Um, uh, nope. Nope. His, his contract, his, uh, yeah, his contract ended. So he was a a free agent, unrestricted free agent. And he signed with an AHL team, uh, specifically the, the Toronto Marlies. And, um... I feel like we're all just kind of sitting here scratching our heads. <laughs> right. Like what? Like what happens, because, you know, <laughs> he wasn't a bad goalie by any stretch of the means. He could have gotten. No, I'm sure he could have gotten. I mean, I guess I'm not sure because he didn't, but he could have gotten an NHL contract. I don't know. I feel like that's what all of us were thinking was just like, oh, yeah, he's if he doesn't resign with Detroit, he'll go find another place i know that boston was thrown around a minute for a minute and um fill some stop gaps there but like no toronto ahl you know this is gonna be this is gonna be really interesting first off i have to ask you quick did he sign an elc with the red wings i thought he was i thought he was in that period where he was drafted and you have like three years to have maybe no hold on let me did he sign a deal i'm not sure like i'm not Uh, because I genuinely, I genuinely no, I do not know. I'm not like. So it doesn't look like he did sign an ELC. Yeah, it says they that the Red Wings had his rights. Okay. Okay. So, and I know that he was he was still in college for one of the years under his under his rights like period, um, and then I think he might have gone. He overseas was overseas. Um, so like that's like okay, we're not gonna. Where was he? Was he in Sweden? Okay. I think he was in Sweden. Yeah, that would sound right. Moral of the story, yeah, I'm just as kind of surprised as you are, um, especially with the goalie situation that the Red Wings did have in their pipeline. Essentially, there being no goalies in their pipeline. Um, so you would think a guy who's 22 years old, and goalie is the one position where 
Um, mm-hmm. Age doesn't seem to matter as much. Like I, I, I like mm-hmm. look at a guy like Chris Dreiger this year, right? Ex- I don't want to say explodes, but becomes like okay, this guy could be a starting goalie in the league. He's 27 this year, and then he gets taken by uh, Seattle in the expansion draft, and um, was supposed to be their main starter before the Grubauer thing. Um, so and he kind of came onto the scene late. Um, so, you know, the fact that he was 22, um, very young still for any standard or any means of any player. Um, and we didn't see him in, in the, the development plan. There's, I, that either means the Red Wings didn't like how he developed after they picked him. He wasn't happy with something that wasn't going on, uh, or they were really concerned about something else that was going on with him outside of his play. Because I'm pretty sure his stats. Yeah, I'm gonna go see if I can find those. I should have had good. him pulled up, but you know, here I am. I remember he had a couple dominant. Um, I remember he had like a dominant year. In college so he, he spent the us. past four seasons in Quint. Uh, Quint word I can't pronounce. Yikes. Um, he was named ECAC's first team all-star, goalie of the year, and finalist for the Mike Richer Award as the NCAA's best goaltender, and a finalist for the Hobie Baker Award as NCAA's most outstanding, play- uh, outstanding player. Um, he had a 9.26 save yeah. percentage and a 1.8 goal against average, which is not... That's good. I don't know what his team was like, you know, like yeah. the people in front of you matter so for those str- sorts of stats. Right. But still, that is not like, yeah, I'm sure that there are goalies in the NHL that have worse stats than that. I'm positive. If I'm, I, you can correct me if I'm wrong. Um, and I'm trying to pay attention to college hockey, but I feel like a goalie being named a finalist for the Hobie Baker is, Especially yeah, recently, that I'm not sure of. I really don't know, right but yeah, I I think that is I think that is uh, a case because as far as I know, like the past like five seasons, it's been all uh, position players. Sure. Or, or yeah, like skaters, okay. not not goaltenders. So. That whole thing is strange. I do have to mention, so I will be going to Traverse City for a couple days of the prospect tournament. Um, Can I Which come? is a fun time. <laughs> I want to go. <laughs> if you guys have never been. Um, I, no, I, I mean, you can go. I'm going with my brother-in-law and my dad. So it's, I mean, drive up there if you want. It's like $10 a day. and You get to see mm. two games. So it's smaller because COVID and stuff. Um, but the Maple Leafs are going to be there and probably Keith, our good buddy Keith is going to be there. So I would, I would be really interested to see what happens. Like once they announce players, there's going to be some, if there's going to be some booze, if there's going to be some bad blood with some of the Red Wings prospects as well. I don't, I don't yeah. know. Who knows? But who knows? Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? Uh, and then the other thing that we have to talk about, was just a really fun day on Twitter. Uh, do you want to talk about this? <laughs> because oh, I was geez. laughing the entire time. I had popcorn shoveling in my mouth. It was great. Okay, abridged version. Last year, uh, Montreal Can you explain what an offer, sheet uh, is offer sheeted Sebastian Ajo. So, offer sheet is if you have a restricted free agent, um, other, like, there's limits in where they can go because it's like it has to deal with like their tenure in the league, blah 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 blah, all that stuff. Um, so restricted free agents, um, when they become restricted free agents, uh, essentially kind of have exclusive contract negotiations with the team that they're already associated with. Um, but to totally um, protect against total team control over their contract, you can do offer sheets. Um, which are one-year deals um, for a certain amount of money, um, essentially whatever you list. And if a player signs the offer sheet, then the team that he is already a part of has a 24-hour period to respond to that and offer them the same or better deal 
um, in regards to term or contract or, or term or just overall value of the contract. So Sebastian Ajo was offer sheeted by Montreal and he signed the deal. So that officially put Carolina on the clock. And Sebastian mm-hmm. Ajo is one of yes. the best young wingers in the league right now. Um, so what what I think he was signed for mm, six that I don't million know. or seven million dollars. It was some some large amount of money, and so they uh, he signed it, and he was going to go to Montreal if Carolina didn't match it. And Carolina matched it, obviously they didn't want to lose their player. And I think he signed like a three year deal or something like that, with the first year being equal to uh, the offer sheet that he signed. I don't. I would have to look into that again. Um, <laughs> something mm. along those lines. So. This year, Montreal had a young center named Jesper Kotkaniemi. I think I just... Jesper. Jesper Kotkaniemi. And he was offer-sheeted by Carolina for $6 million. And even funnier, he had a $20 signing bonus, which is the number of Sebastian Ajo for the Carolina Hurricanes. So... It was one of those things where, like, Carolina was upset with Montreal that, hey, you screwed us. We didn't have to give this kid this much money, but now we did because of you guys. So they're like, <laughs> oh, okay. We, we see that one of your players is up for the same thing. We're going to do the same thing. And the difference is Sebastian Ajo has lived up to this hype. Again, a great player and understands why Mon- Montreal, I would assume, genuinely tried to get him on their team. This... Is simply just payback Correct. because Kakinami is not worth this money right now. I think he was he I, I think he was the third line center in the cup run this year, which he's a young player. He I think he's is twenty one. I don't yeah, think he's twenty points yeah. in the fifty six games with Montreal okay, in the last so season. Um eight points in the playoffs in nineteen right. games. Yeah. Correct. So a developing player. He did accept the offer. Now he's going to get six million dollars from the, from this the year. Canes. So can I just can we just talk about like the things that of went course. down on, on Twitter because that was where everything happened. So the first thing that happens is that Carolina yeah. Hurricanes um, tweet out a very simple thing that says we've tendered an offer sheet to Jesper Kotkaniemi with a picture. It was very like basic uh, social media team post, right? So that happens. Then they post the article with all the details yeah. with LOL in all caps. Then they tweet all of those details in <laughs> French because, you know, Montreal. Then they tweet Wonderful. just a picture of a red Uno reverse card. Then they screenshot the signing bonus $20 part of the article with the caption people don't forget. And then they retweet uh, a shirt from Carolina Pro Shop, which is one of their, uh, like, merch people, uh, that says just bunch of jerks with their logos. And then, and then they said goodnight, y'all. And that was it. That was, there was, like, seven tweets in there. And it was glorious from beginning to end, watching that unfold. I mean, like, everybody, even before all of that came out, everybody knew that this was like, okay, we're just going to get back. We're just going to piss off Montreal a little bit just to kind of add fuel to the fire. It's one thing to, like, do it and not say anything about it. It's another thing to totally back it up. And they totally bought into it. Like, oh, yeah, we didn't even really uh-huh. want him. We just wanted to screw Montreal over a little bit. Um, so, Uno reverse card, back to you guys. And absolutely petty absolutely wonderful and absolutely entertaining and, and like historically carolina has one of the best twitter games in where, in sports i would argue but oh, oh so good sorry i cut you off no no you're absolutely you're good um but it's it's I, I, I love it. And you're, you're the one that always talks about how the NHL lacks a bit of personality, which is 100% true. 
Um, so if you can't get it from the players, right? at least get it from the teams in their social media departments. Um, because that was wildly entertaining. And it was it was so interesting to see the dynamic of like the actual like beat reporters who like are reporting like the actual news uh, of like of like the contract and the details and they're like this kind of <laughs> seems like it was done on purpose by Carolina blah 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 and it's and then Carolina's yeah. Twitter page is I like, follow oh, yeah, uh, Sarah Sivian who's the beat purpose. reporter like, for the Athletic for the Canes and so, personal no Sivian is her full name that's her she, I was yeah, thought Sarah it was Siv just Siv is her, Sarah her Siv, handle but it is Sivian. Um, but right. because no, no. I follow yeah. her because she's very funny and she writes a lot of good yeah. articles and I like Carolina as a team. So I don't mind like getting their news and her reactions to everything were as equal, as entertaining, sure. if not more entertaining than everybody else's reactions to, to stuff because stuff like this doesn't happen every day, if every year. And it's, it fuels our love for the off season more than anything else does. You want this this oh. little bit of personality, the little bit of, of jabs and digs at other teams. Like, it's not – we want you to be respectful and we want you to get along, but we don't want you to be kumbaya. You know what I mean? A hundred percent. And uh, maybe that even adds to a rivalry because uh, – wait, no. Carolina is not a divisional rival, but they are a conference rival. So <laughs> – Maybe that game will you be a little help. bit heated only uh, this year uh, once they finally play because that would be fun. Um, and, like, also, these are, like, not just, like, scrub teams. Like, Montreal was just in the Stanley Cup final. Regardless of how much you believe in Montreal for the future, they were in the Cup final this year. And the Hurricanes, I believe. Yes. Mm, if they the were top, top they were two. This year. So, yeah. So, these yeah. are two pretty good teams right now. And now there's beef. So, mm -hmm. makes for entertaining hockey. I'm excited to watch this game. And I, like, I want to see how the players are going to react. Because, obviously, like, it's... Right. Like, it's not the players' fault, per se. Uh, and, I, I, like, you can look at it even from, like, the, the micro... Um, level. I don't think anybody like, like in the Carolina locker room last year was talking about Aho and be like, "Oh, right, you're a trader. Right. You signed this offer sheet." He's like, "No, I'm always going to get paid." <laughs> you know, you know. I was uh, so like, I, I don't think Kakniemi is going to like face that either. But like, mm -hmm. the front offices will at yeah. least hate each other. Is that going to translate to the players? I don't know. So, but. At least we got that Twitter victory, yeah. which uh, seems to I come. Was, uh, uh, that's way off topic. So I don't often. need to talk about that. Never mind. I was, I was going to talk about Ryan Reeves to the New York Rangers. What? Did we ever discuss that? We talked about it? Oh, yeah. That... No, I can, I know because yeah, it happened a while ago. I was just thinking about, about like, rivalries and next Thanks. season. And, um, okay, we did. Oh, yeah. Yes. I, okay. I, we did talk about this. Never mind. That's about, another like, one I'll Tomlinson be watching because that'll be fun. That. So like that's gonna be, those are gonna be fun matchups. Yes. All right. Are we done? Absolutely. All right. I think. Yeah. I think we're done. Yeah. I think, I think we did I think, too. I think we that's actually okay. end up going over an hour fifteen. <laughs> our with, technical glitch. Without our. Without our. Uh, Anyways. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for listening to us. Uh, yeah. Talk about. Talk about sports. Talk about things that we love. Uh, we really appreciate your listen. If you could like and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts, uh, give us a five-star review. It really helps us with um, visibility in other areas. Uh, you know, when people search, search sports or search Detroit sports, we'll pop up and we would love that. Uh, also, you can follow us on Instagram and on Twitter at yeah, CNC Sports Pod. We have an email account, also CNC Sports Pod at gmail.com. We both have our personal handles that you can follow. You'll find us. We're on there somewhere. Um, yeah. Have a great rest of your day, and thanks for listening yep. to us. Yeah, for real. I think we need you to want Ben to talk to the people? Soon. So, <laughs> somehow, some way. Ben doesn't do sports. Yeah, Ben needs to talk to the people because we've, okay. we've been hyping him up. We're his ultimate hype men. That's okay. Who cares?
Thanks for listening. Hey, everybody. This is Noelle. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the CNC Replay. Please subscribe and rate us five stars as it really helps us out. And give us a follow on Instagram and Twitter at CNC Sports Pod. We'll see you next week.